Bells of holly, fa la 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 la. Tis the season to be jolly, fa la 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 la. Don we now our gay apparel, fa la 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 la. Troll the ancient Yuletide carol, fa la 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 la. That's right. That's right. This is a season to be jolly. How many agrees with that? <laughs> This is a season to be jolly. And I, honestly, sometimes, you know, when you think about it, you know, Christmas season is amazing, isn't it? It's exciting. How many enjoys the, the, the decoration, the lights, and then you have the wonderful food, the cookies, the cakes, and then the get-togethers. And then you have those ugly sweaters as well that the people <laughs> love to wear. But it's, 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 it's a, it's a, it's a, for most people, it's a joyful season. Is that true? But we have the opposite as well. For a lot of people, when it comes to Christmas, it's not so joyful. Maybe it's because they lost someone. The whole remembrance of maybe the first Christmas without that individual. It could be that uh, it's the loneliness that's the cause of not having that joy. Or maybe it's the whole stress of it, right? It can be quite stressful, right? So, the words, this is a season to be jolly, is that actually true? If, if that's a true, why is it true? If not, why not? So, and what does it really actually mean to be jolly, to be joyful? So, this morning I want us to look at Luke chapter 2. But before I do that, I want, us, um, I, want to, I want to just share a little bit of a backdrop about what happens in chapter 1. I'm sure most of us know what happens in chapter 1. But just for the benefit of those that don't know, um, Angel Gabriel appears before Mary, right? Angel Gabriel comes and says, uh, you will have a son. You will have a son. His name is going to be Jesus. And he's going to be the son of the most high God. Now, you need to remember that Mary is a teenager. <laughs> Mary is a teenager uh, who is engaged to get married to Joseph. Now, all of a sudden, she's puzzled. She's like, what do you mean I'm going to have a child? How? How can this be? I'm still a virgin. And the uh, angel Gabriel says, don't worry. Don't worry. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will conceive. And then the Bible says immediately when Mary heard that, she started to sing. In Luke chapter 1 verses 46 to 48, it says, uh, Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant from now on. All generations will call me blessed. And that is true, right? All generations call Mary blessed. What a privilege, right? To be chosen by God. And I just love how she immediately started to sing and praise God. We'll come back to this in a minute. But let's just turn to chapter 2. Um, by this time, Jesus is already born. And the angels appear again. But this time... They appear to a group of shepherds. So in verse 8, chapter 2, 
And then there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flock at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I will bring good news that will cause great joy. Why don't you say great joy? For all people. Say for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Now the main verse that I want to focus on is verse 10, how it says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I bring good news that will cause great joy for all people. And the title of my message this morning is the meaning of joy. The meaning of joy. And what I want us to do is look at really what does it mean um, uh, what, what is the meaning of joy? What does it actually mean? Okay, but before we get, let's just pray and let's ask God to minister to us this morning. Father, I want to thank you for your goodness and mercy. Father, we dedicate this service to you. We already felt your presence this morning and we're so excited to be here in your presence. Father, I want to pray right now that you use me as your vessel this morning, as I share your word, Father. Help me to share it in simplicity and in total truth. Use me as your instrument this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, Father, we pray. Amen and amen. So the angels are out. Uh, the, 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 so the, the, the shepherds are out there. Just think about it. The shepherds are minding their own business. They're doing their bit, feeding the flocks. And suddenly the angel appears from heaven how would you how would you feel <laughs> just think about it all of the sudden angels coming from heaven and and they were terrified and i think all of us will be terrified wouldn't you just imagine all of the sudden something from heaven coming down and i love what the angel said the first thing they said don't be afraid don't be afraid i've come to bring you good news that will cause them great joy. And it's for all people. It's for all people. So when we say this is a season to be jolly, uh, you know what the word jolly in, 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 in Webster Dictionary means? It means a good time. And a lot of times we associate joy with good times, right? But a lot of times we associate joy with get-togethers and, 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 and especially when it comes to Christmas, Christmas meals and sharing your table and just sitting around uh, your family members and just sharing the love of Jesus and giving and receiving gifts. A lot of times we think of joy as, uh, as, as, as a sense of, you know, just, just sharing things, Right? But there's nothing wrong with that. And I love get-togethers. I love giving gifts and receiving gifts. I love, man, sharing the table with, with people. But how many know there's more to it than that? There's more to it than that. And this morning, I want to I remind us that the, the joy that the angels are referring to is not that kind of joy. The joy that the angels are referring to is baby Jesus. It's Jesus. So that bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. 
And I love this. We're just on the discipleship uh, training, and we, uh, Sister Elizabeth and Pastor Paul, been doing a great job equipping people because we have something amazing. That's the great news about Jesus. And we want to share it with everyone. Amen. And this is to all people. And this is a very important point because the angels are bringing this good news as going to bring joy to all people, to a group of shepherds. And I was thinking about, like, don't you, don't you find this strange? I mean, out of all people, God chooses a group of shepherds out in the field to reveal the truth about Jesus. Don't you find it a little bit strange? I mean, the shepherds, if you think about the shepherds back in the day, shepherds were one of the lowest ranking people um, in the society. Did you know that shepherds could not actually practice the Jewish law because of their job? They were filthy. They were unclean. They couldn't practice a lot of the Jewish culture. They had no power. They had no influence. Just think about it. You know, when we think about the, the wise man, they had something to bring to baby Jesus. But the shepherds didn't even have anything to bring to Jesus. So why did God choose the lowest member of the society to deliver the greatest truth of all ages? But I'm thinking about it. I mean, why didn't God just use the religious leaders of the time? Why did he not use the religious leaders? I mean, they were so excited. I mean, they've been waiting for the Messiah for years. Prophecy after prophecy that the Messiah is coming. They've been anticipating the waiting for that moment surely they would have been excited to hear about the good news or why did God not share with the with the king someone who's uh, has got authority a king or or a rich man who uh, whose testimony have would have kind of carried more weight why shepherds I, as I was thinking about this I, I could come up with two things two reasons why I think God chose the shepherds over the rich men or the king or the religious leaders. First one is the shepherds had the capacity, they had the capacity to be humble and amazed that God chose them to hear the good news. They had the capacity to be humble. They had the capacity to be amazed. Just the fact that God actually chose them when I think about it, man, every time I think about how God has chosen me, me, I feel like, oh, man, that's just to, to, to be saved through Jesus. I mean, uh, it's just, just amazing. Imagine uh, every time I think about it, I feel like unworthy. And, and this, this, this group of shepherds, imagine how unworthy they must have felt. They couldn't even practice their own religion. And God chose them. God chose them. And based on Jesus' opinion about the religious leaders, right? Um, you, know, you know, all they wanted to do, they didn't, they didn't even have the capacity to hear the good news. You see, there was no way they're going to have the same reaction that the shepherd had. You see, religious people back in the day, on that time, they love religion more than a relationship with God. They love religion. 
It was all about them. Just imagine, I don't think they were ready for a Messiah to come. They loved the platform. So they wouldn't have the same reaction. Second reason I think God chose shepherds over all the other ones uh, is because they say as soon as uh, they had seen baby uh, Savior, they, they spread the word. As soon as they uh, attended there, they shared the word. They spread the word. Let me just read it from Luke chapter 15, verse uh, 15 to 18. It says, when the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, they didn't waste time. Let's go to Bethlehem and see these things that has, been, that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was laying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what, they had, what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard were amazed of what the shepherds said to them. Immediately, they went and spread the good news about Jesus. And everyone who heard them were amazed. People were amazed. You know, I don't, honestly, I don't think the religious lead, uh, leaders at the time would have had the same conviction that this shepherd had. I think those religious leaders would have been thinking, how can two young teenagers living in poverty be able to give a birth to a savior? You heard it all throughout the Gospels, you know, nothing good comes out of Nazareth. Imagine how the religious people would have responded to that. But God, in his infinite wisdom, chose just the right group of people and he entrusted them with the greatest news of eternity how beautiful is that and those humble men they took the good news and they did what God wanted them to do and when that was telling others and 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 their lives were never the same and that's what God wants us to do especially in this season that we are in we are living in the end times I'm, 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 we, are, we can see it and he wants us to share the good news. And he has chosen you to do that. So this message of joy to all people means that your status didn't matter either. And this is important to understand. That joy that the angel is talking about is not about good times. This joy that, 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 that the angels are saying is not about your good times or, or bad times. It's, it's, it's not whether you're happy or everything's going well or everything is going smooth. It's not about that. But it's also it's not about your status as well. If I'm educated, if I'm not so educated, or if I'm wealthy, or if I'm not so wealthy, this joy is nothing to do with the status. And I think really... I believe throughout the years we adopted the wrong understanding of joy. So what is the real meaning of joy this morning? Number one. I could think of two. But number one, joy is about anticipation. Joy is about anticipation. Just think about it. When, uh, when you think of um, you growing up uh, as children, we love... the. the we, love, we used to love gifts, right? 
We used to love gifts. Uh, so Christmas Day and, uh, and birthdays are one of the best and exciting moments, isn't it? Because the whole anticipation of waiting to, for that day to come so you can grab your present and open and to see what's in there. It's the whole anticipation, the whole excitement that comes with it. Like this anticipation is the hope that was connected to the joy of the day, right? You see, for centuries, the Jews lived under the uh, anticipation of the coming of the Messiah. For centuries. Prophecy after prophecy after prophecy that the Messiah will come. Just imagine if you lived in some sort of a, a kind of oppression. You live on this, this oppression. You see, they were, they were uh, being looked down on because of their faith and race. And I think, um, <laughs> I, fi- I find ourselves really getting to that season as well, even, even in this day and age. We have vaccinated, unvaccinated. And, 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 and people are looking down on one another. Almost there are two groups now uh, being emerged. Businesses are talking about what are we going to do? Are we going to uh, have the vaccinated, uh, you know, are we going to get rid of unvaccinated people? Are we going to uh, put them in a different place in the a, in a, in a, in a building? Are we going it, to, it, it's literally, <laughs> we can see this division. Now the, the, the Jews lived on that, that kind of, you know, division that they, was be, they were being looked down because of the race and their faith. The Jews lived under serious oppression for centuries and God continually reminded them. God continually reminded them that their Savior is going to come. So as a result, despite their condition, despite what they were going through, despite the conditions that they were living in, they had a joy. They had a joy in their heart. And the joy was the anticipation of the coming of the Messiah. And come on, we know Jesus coming back. We know Jesus is coming back. And we should have the same kind of joy, same kind of anticipation as we're going through these difficult seasons right now. The same kind of joy that Jesus is coming again. That everything is going to be well. That joy, not because our situation is good. Not because we're living under, uh, you know, I mean, this pandemic has just caused crazy chaos all over the world. So the joy that, uh, you know, that they, 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 they we speak about is not the, a conditional one, but is one that's related to the anticipation of what's to come. So I want to remind us all this morning, Jesus is coming back again. Let that joy come into your heart. That he's coming. He's coming and the times are getting near. Secondly, joy is about assurance. Joy is about assurance. So you got this anticipation of Jesus coming, but also you got this sense of assurance and security that things will get better. That things will get better. Regardless of what's going on, regardless of what you've seen or all around you, things will get better. I, I love um, what the award-winning gospel artist Kirk Franklin said about happiness. I just loved it and I had to share this with you. This is what he said. Joy is the assurance that whatever state I am in, 
my confidence is not tied to my circumstances or my situation. But as is my assurance in God that somehow, some way, it will work out. Someone needs to hear this this morning. That somehow, some way, it will work out. And, and that's why Mary rejoiced. Mary rejoiced and immediately she heard the good news. When the angels shared the good news, you know, her situation wasn't great. You see, if you think about, uh, uh, she was a woman. And in those, day, in those days, women didn't have much rights. They didn't. Imagine the idea of getting pregnant while she's promised to marry Joseph. That's a sticky situation. Imagine getting pregnant. And imagine this is a small town. And people talk. People talk. And this is even before Joseph promised to stay with her. Even before she knew her situation, she rejoiced. You see, she rejoiced not because of a situation, but she rejoiced in God as her Savior. So, you know, there's this, this kind of assurance and confidence that's associated with joy. And, and we see it all throughout the New Testament. In James chapter 1 verse 2, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, when trouble, troubles actually, more than one, troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. <laughs> That's easier said than done, right? <laughs> let's, let's be honest. When trouble comes your way, our human nature is, you know, automatically the last thing we want to think about is joy, right? When trouble comes, the last thing we want to think about is joy. But James is telling us, reminding us that, you know what? We need to remind ourselves. We need to remind ourselves and not get tied to our circumstances, not tied to what, the, what, what, what seasons we're going through. My joy is the assurance in God. That somehow, someway, somewhere, he's going to come through and there will be a testimony that will follow. Right? How many know you can't have a testimony without going through a test? How can you have a testimony if you don't go through a test? So whenever you're in trouble of any kind, consider an opportunity for great joy. For great joy. And then in verse 3, it continues on. It says, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. James tells us that we should count it a great joy when we are facing rough times, troubled times. Why? Because when we're going through it, when we are going through it, when our faith is tested... Your endurance will grow. Your endurance has a chance to grow. And then in verse 4 it says, So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete. Needing nothing. How many wants to be perfect and complete? I know I want. 
So what are you going to do next time you're in trouble? You're going to count it as joy, right? Whenever you're facing, in, even in this season that we're going through, it's so easy, honestly, to get your mind on this, all this negative stuff that's happening. It's so easy, isn't it? We're, re- we're really living in the toughest seasons of all, some, some of the toughest seasons. And, and it's difficult because there's so many voices, right? Even as we're going through this, we're going to count it as joy. We're going to count it as joy. And remember, your faith, when your faith is tested, your endurance will grow. And when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Um, I love what Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 15, verse 13. He said, I pray that God, the source of hope. Who is the source of hope? Who is the source of hope? I have to remind myself every time. As we're going through this difficult season, that my source of hope is not in a vaccine. My source of hope is not in doctors. My source of hope is not in Boris Johnson. My source of hope is in none of the politicians. My source of hope is in who? In God. Amen. So he said, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with what? With joy. And with what? Peace will completely fill you with joy and peace because you trust in Him. Because what? You trust in who? You trust in who? You're not going to trust in no vaccine, right? <laughs> You're not going to trust in no uh, medicine or doctor. I mean, they're, they're all good, but that's not where our trust is. Our trust is in God. Our trust is in God. And then it says, then you will overflow. With confident hope and the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, someone needs to remember this verse. Whenever you're going through a difficult time, just just remember this verse. So Paul is connecting joy and trust, which is the assurance with, with the assurance in God. And you see, what sets us this is exactly what sets us apart from the world, right? This is what sets us apart from the world. Because when you look around the world, everyone is putting their trust in the medicine, in the vaccine, in, 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 in you know, social distancing. And there's nothing wrong with that. But that's not where our trust is as Christians. We're, we're called to be different. We got the light. <laughs> and this is what sets us apart. It's the understanding and the, it's the relationship with Jesus that gets us access to joy that regardless of what whatever circumstances we're facing we have this joy that no one can understand the people will be like why are you so joyful it's not because my situation is great because my confidence is in God that somehow some way he make a way amen so no matter what's happening around us we count it as joy you see, sometimes in our human nature, we can pursue all the other things, right? Hoping that it will bring us joy. 
I think growing up, you, you think about, oh, um, once I finish, uh, you know, high school, then he's like, oh, once I finish university, then he's like, oh, I'm sure I'm going to be happy when, 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 when I find a job that I love. And, and you realize, hold up, you know, it's, it's all about growth. And every time you, you, you're growing, you, you know, you, you, there are other things that you want. Then you think, okay, once I get married, once I find the love of my life, then you're like, okay, no, maybe when I, when I have children, you know, then, then I'll be happy. Then, then. It just continues on and on and on. But I want to remind us this morning that they don't produce a sustainable joy. They don't. They don't produce a sustainable joy. You might be happy for a moment, but that will fade away. That will fade away. So what is a sustainable joy? Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 says that joy is a spirit, a fruit of the spirit. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So what does this tell me? This tells me that, you see, if, I wanna, uh, if, 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 if we want to produce this kind of fruit in our lives, we have to be planted. We have to be planted and you can only be planted when you have a relationship with God. It's all about a relationship. And I shared this last week. It's all about a relationship. It's not about religion. It's all about a relationship. It's all about a relationship with a living God who wants to have this relationship with you and I. We have to be planted. We have to plant ourselves in a relationship with Jesus. And the Holy Spirit then produces joy in us and it's this relationship that gives us hope and anticipation of what's coming this assurance that our confidence is not tied to our circumstances my might be going through the darkest storm i can ever imagine but my you know my my my, my joy uh, you know my confidence is in jesus and in him alone you see others might give up Others might give up, but what we do, we keep pressing on. We keep pressing on. We keep our joy because we know that God is in control. He's what? He's the Alpha. He's the Alpha. He's the beginning and He's the beginning and He is a miracle working God. And that's what we need to do. We need to put our trust in Him. Our confidence is in Him. And this is the good news that we have received. You see, all the other things will pass away. All the other things will pass away. But it's our anticipation of what's to come. Jesus is coming again. Jesus is coming back. And it's that assurance in our relationship with God that gives us this joy that people can't even understand. This joy that will produce peace in us. And my prayer, honestly, for all of us this morning is this. That no matter, no matter, no matter, no matter what happens around us. No matter, even, even if the Boris Johnson says, you know, we're going to move from plan A to plan B to plan C to plan D to plan E to plan F. No matter what happens, the, our joy will not be <laughs> taken away from us. You see, 
Yeah. Nothing will have an impact in us. Like regardless of what happens, regardless of what they do, we count it as joy. Can I have the worship team back up, please? I want to bring this to a close now. You see, this joy that we, we have, it just wasn't given to us through our circumstances. This joy that we have is not given to us through circumstances. It wasn't given to us through people or places or, or through things. It's a relationship with Jesus that it's, it's literally keeping us calm when we are going through storms. It's that relationship with Jesus. I know people that uh, they're really struggling. But when you see them, you don't even see that they are struggling. They are joyful. Why do you think that is? Because of that relationship with Jesus. Because of that relationship with Jesus. Nothing gets them shaken. They keep on pressing. They keep on going because they know they have a God who's the Alpha and the Omega. Who is a miracle working God. Come on. Can we just give him a round of applause? That's the God we serve. Can I ask if you can stand? If you can stand. If you can... Uh, Join me. We just want to pray and thank our Lord. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We honor you. We praise you for your goodness. What a God we serve. What an amazing God. We thank you, Father God. That we don't have to rely on our circumstances. We don't have to rely on what's happening around us. That no matter what we are going through, even through the darkest seasons, in the darkest storms, we can rely on you. Because our confidence is in you. Father, I want to pray right now for any person this morning that's struggling. You know, it's going to be difficult, you know, this Christmas, you know, when people can't see loved ones or maybe they lost a loved one. Father, I want to pray that their joy won't be fixed on those things, but their joy be fixed on you. Father, I want to pray right now that you increase in anticipation, the excitement of your second coming in all of us. Not a fear, but a joy and excitement. Of your second coming. Father, I want to pray that you help us to be like those shepherds. Go out and share the good news. Because people need to hear it. Father, I want to pray right now that you uh, increase extra measure of, of, of your, 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 your faith in, 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 share, in equipping your church, Father God, to be open in sharing the good news with everyone they meet. Father, we love you, we honor you, we praise you. You're an amazing God. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. You're so good. We love you. We love you. We love you. And we want a deeper relationship with you. Help your church, Father God, to put not their faith in anything else other than you. Help us to put our fleshly <laughs> confidence away 
and have full confidence in you. We thank you, Father God. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. And as I was sharing this, this, this relationship, he wants, Jesus wants to have a relationship with you. With every eyes closed, every head bowed, I want to tell you, Jesus wants to have a relationship with you. That's why he came. He came because he wanted to have a relationship with you. And he's saying right now, I'm here. I'm here. Just reach out. Just reach out. Now, you might be watching this online or you might be here in church and you've never really committed your life to Jesus. You see, when sin came, it separated what God initially wanted to have, which was a communion with His people. The Bible says when God created Adam and Eve, He was in the garden with them. He wanted this relationship from the very, very beginning. Talks about how God walked with Adam and Eve in the garden. How beautiful is that? And then, sadly, sin came and brought this separation. But God never wanted this separation. So what did He do? He sent His Son. His Son died on the cross so that this separation can be removed now through Jesus we have a bridge to the God to God the Father but you know what the first step is to commit uh, confess our sins because we have all sinned we have all fallen short we confess our sins then we accept him as our Lord and Savior. We say, no longer am I in control, but you are in control in my life. I'm not going to drive the will. I'm going to hand over the will, the, 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 the driving will to you. Jesus, take the will. I'll just follow. Wherever you want me to go, I go. That's the kind of relationship he wants with you. I want to give you this opportunity. If you have never given your life to Jesus, what a great opportunity to do so as we celebrate, as we approaching Christmas Day. All you have to do is say this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I confess my sins and ask you for your forgiveness. I need you. Thank you for dying on that cross for my sins. I open the door of my life. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for forgiving my sins and giving me a new life. Please fill me with your spirit. Take control over my life. It is yours. Be the center of my life. I ask that you would change me because I messed up. Change me, transform me, and make me the kind of person you want me to be. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen and amen. 
If you said this prayer for the first time, if you are here, please come and see me. I would love to pray with you and help you with the next step. If you're watching this online, there is a link in the comment section that you can click. And that link just takes you to our website. And we ask you for your details because we want to get in touch with you. We want to help you with your next step. So please fill in your details and we will contact you and help you with your next step. We would love to meet you and uh, please do so. And thank you again for this time. I want to hand over back to the worship team and we want to uh, continue worshiping our King. Amen. Well, thank you.